Welcome to In My Shoes by ASICS. We've always known the positive impact movement has on the mind. That's why we're called ASICS. ASICS is an acronym from the Latin phrase anima sana incorpore sana, or a sound mind in a sound body. And it's why we're sharing these inspirational stories of people who have discovered the benefits of sport and movement on their mental well-being. Each audio story is designed to be listened to on the move, so you can quite literally experience what it's like to put yourself in someone else's shoes. In this episode, paediatrician Dr. Hadil Hassan shares how movement helped her to discover self-confidence and learn how to love herself. Step into Hadil's shoes and hear her story. Running gave me the escape I needed from an abusive relationship. It taught me how to love myself again and the confidence I had always lacked. It's safe to say the early years of my life were tough. I was born in the north of England to Middle Eastern parents and part of a large family. When I was the ripe old age of one, my parents noticed that I couldn't walk properly so took me to see our local doctor. This led to a referral to a paediatrician and a diagnosis of cerebral palsy, all in the first 12 months of my life. I spent the first eight years of my life wearing a foot splint, had regular physiotherapy and was under a paediatrician until the age of 18. One of my earliest memories was being told off in front of all the other kids by my nursery teacher for running funny. Growing up, I tried my best to ignore my problems choosing to focus my attentions on education and learning. Unfortunately for me, I come from a large family who are all naturally intelligent. I remember I was always seen as the slightly dim middle child who was shy but had to work twice as hard to keep up with my siblings. To compensate and to please my parents, I'd wake up before school to study for a few hours and would come home and do the same. The pressure was always there to do more. I remember feeling stressed as a teenager when I was made to go out for a coffee with my parents because it was wasting valuable study time. When I was 13, I decided I wanted to be a children's doctor. I was inspired by the paediatrician who looked after me. I loved going to those appointments. He was always jovial, friendly and kind. I felt he was interested in me as a person rather than my cerebral palsy. So I worked my socks off day and night to get the grades I needed. I still felt I had to prove myself to my family and to myself, so I threw myself into my studies. After five years of graft, I managed to get the grades I needed and a scholarship to study medicine at Manchester University. I was made up. University life for me was lots of hard work, but it was also the first time I had a social life. I spent my uni years working hard. Despite this, I never felt my grades were good enough in comparison to my peers. I'd be disappointed that I received passes when others received merits and distinctions with less effort. However, after five years of studying, I graduated from university with a degree and a drive to begin my career as a doctor. I decided early on that I wanted to pursue a career in paediatric oncology. This was supposed to be the most exciting and fulfilling moment of my life, achieving my childhood ambition of becoming a doctor and helping others like me. I threw myself into my work, but beneath the surface, I was going through the darkest period of my life. By the time I was 20, I was married. We had met at university through a mutual friend. At the time, I had very low self-esteem. I believed I was worthless and unattractive. Because of this, I thought I would never meet someone or find the one. 
I was surprised when my ex-husband expressed interest in me. Why would somebody be interested in me, I thought. He seemed nice enough and my logic back then was, I don't have reason to say no. At first it was fun and exciting. We ended up getting married four months after becoming an item. I discovered early on that he was an angry person, but never knew what to do about it. I just focused on my studies and hoped he would grow out of it. In the years after we left uni, our problems and the abuse I received got worse. I used my work as an escape and distraction, but it reached the point where the bad times engulfed the happy times. After seven unbearable years together, I finally plucked up the courage to walk away. It took so much for me to do this. The months afterwards were the most stressful of my life. Alongside dealing with a divorce, I had to move home, start a new job as a paediatric registrar, and finish a 30,000 word thesis for my master's. On top of that, I was diagnosed with dyslexia and dyspraxia. In the end, it was all too much. After six months, depression and anxiety hit me like a bus. Everything felt black. I couldn't sleep, I felt I was too disabled to work as a doctor after my recent diagnosis, and it affected how I functioned. I hated myself, had lost all confidence, and had no self-esteem. It wasn't until I started running that I was able to cope with everything going on in my life, was able to love myself again, and feel confident. Rebuilding my confidence, my self-worth and my life became my focus. I wanted and needed to start focusing on something that would be a positive influence on me, so I decided to start running. I was attracted to running because it was so simple. All I had to do was wear a pair of trainers and run. I liked its simplicity and its repetitiveness. I was never good at sport, but I liked the idea of how I could run without the pressure or expectation of needing to perform in front of others. I remember my first run like it was yesterday. Divorce was expensive, so I had moved into shared accommodation in a less than scenic area, but that didn't matter. My first run was only a lap around the block, but I loved every second of it. I felt nervous lacing up my shoes, but felt the runner's high during that very first run. It was cloudy and wet, but that didn't matter at all to me. It was the first time in a very long time that I felt truly happy. I loved the fact that I managed to block everything out and focus on running. To begin with, I set myself little goals. A 10 minute run, then 15, then 20, and then finally a 5k run. Every time I completed a goal, I felt satisfied and accomplished. I felt like I was doing something productive. I loved that I was getting a little better each time and always felt happy. I've always been an anxious person in social situations and avoided running with other people to begin with. One of my early goals was to join a running club to help rebuild my confidence. It was something I'd really struggled with after my divorce. It did take me a while to pluck up the courage at first. I would talk myself out of it over and over again, but it felt like a huge moment for me when I eventually attended my first running club. It was one of the best decisions I ever made and gave me an unbelievable support network. After a while, I wanted to challenge myself and do something positive. So I decided to run three 10-kilometre races in three different cities for charity, followed by a half marathon. Running that first half marathon felt incredible. Never in a million years did I think that my little goals would result in me completing a half marathon. I felt fitter, more confident and proud of my achievements. 
I was also balancing the negative of what had happened in my life by doing something positive by fundraising for a number of charities, including Cancer Research UK, Candlelighters Charity, which is a children's cancer charity in Yorkshire, Martin's House Children's Hospice, Scope and Mind. As my running started to progress and I was running further for longer and more regularly, the doctor in me took over. As a doctor, we're taught to always research. So I started to immerse myself in running, learning about improving my nutrition, how to use strength training and reduce injuries. Running also made me more confident. Before, I only used to like wearing black, but soon felt confident enough to wear bright colours. Running was becoming more important in my life. It was my hobby and go-to thing outside of my PhD and doctoring life. More importantly, it helped me recover. Depression made me completely lose my appetite and desire to eat. However, because I wanted to run, I knew I had to eat well to fuel my runs. I would eat even when my depression was telling me not to. It was because of running that I knew that I had to take good care of my body and mind. I committed my life to my running. Training and learning about how to improve helped me manage my anxiety and rebuild my self-esteem. It made me feel more positive about life, myself, and gave me a real sense of worth and achievement. All this training helped me to go on to do a real bucket list achievement, running a marathon. My first marathon felt absolutely incredible. I trained hard. Some days I would wake up early to fit in a long run before a 13-hour shift. So when I crossed the finish line, I thought of everything I had been through and what I am now achieving. For the first time in a long time, I felt proud of myself. For me, I love how selfish running is, in a good way. Whilst you can run with others, I run for myself and no one else. A byproduct of this selfish hobby led me to becoming more confident, managing my mood and stress, and it has taught me a lot about dealing with life and looking after my body in a positive way. When I look at where I was in my life before running, I still have to pinch myself. Being fortunate enough to find something that helped me deal with and overcome the darkest time of my life is such a blessing. Not only has running helped me overcome my abuse, depression and anxiety, I've met people who are now considered my best friends. I've ticked off bucket list items like running a marathon, well four actually, and I've even featured on the front cover of a running magazine. Looking back, I used to continuously think about the abuse I experienced and think, why me? Why am I struggling? Why can't I be happy like others? Running has changed that mindset. Now I think I wonder if I would have fallen in love with running if I didn't experience abuse. Who knows? But one of the things I am certain about is that running has helped me feel alive during my darkest moments. I'm grateful that good has come from the bad. Running has taught me to love and accept myself irrespective of what I have been through. Thank you, Hadil, for sharing your story. We hope you enjoyed this episode of In My Shoes. If you want to hear more stories, then continue to the next episode or visit the In My Shoes page on our website, which we've linked to in the show's description. This has been In My Shoes by Essex. Thank you for listening. <laughs>